I'm Oki. And I'm Patty. And this is Books, Cats, and Snacks special episode, bonus episode. We are recording separately again today, you guys. Like, this is not our usual normal thing. It's all Oki's fault. I got COVID. I'm stuck in quarantine. (laughs) And it is horrible. I've gotten better, but... Man, the last couple of days were were torture. Well, welcome to this bonus episode where we realize we have an extra week of recording. Um, I think that happens about twice a year, and we decided why not why not get you guys to get to know us a little bit more because you know there's a lot of us to go around. Yes, as if you didn't know. I mean, I think they got a pretty much just of us by now. <laughs> That's true, though. I think. But here's I more. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also highlighting a really awesome horror author that I've been talking about the last few episodes. So we'll get to that later. But first, I want to tell you guys a couple of things with this COVID thing that's been happening. So I went to work on Saturday feeling miserable. Okay, I was like, I'm definitely coming down with something. This sucks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And midway through the shift, I was like, I can't make this. So they were like, get, you know, go home. Goodbye. And I haven't eaten all day, really. I mean, I've been taking my medicine and stuff. I haven't eaten all day. But all I was craving was a freaking banana. Like, that's all I wanted. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did text (laughs) me about a banana. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yes. I drive an hour home, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it was so bad I was like in and out it was kind of dangerous honestly going 85 miles an hour on the freeway <laughs> and trying to get home I swear I like was slumped over most of the time I was driving <laughs> I was on cruise control and I really wanted that banana so I like stopped at a gas station in front of the neighborhood to get like some OJ and the banana and I was so excited even like me paying for it at the register I was just like yes it was like 90s R&B playing and you're like oh my god when yeah. I get you home I'm gonna do something let me tell you it was the best best banana I've ever had in my whole entire life I kid you not it was the best food moment ever I mean, I've had that, that, I don't know how to pronounce it, that sachet, that torte, that chocolate, decadent cake at the Hotel Sachet in Vienna, in Austria, you know, really decadent, really popular chocolate cake. I've had that, and that was nothing compared to this one freaking banana from the gas station, okay? It was that good. This banana was marvelous. I'm so mad about you eating the best chocolate cake ever, and I wasn't there. That's the part I'm not getting over right now. I'm still mad at you. That's true. That makes sense. That tracks. If, <laughs> if I had, like, the best taco ever known to man <sighs> at this one, like, little spot in, in, like, in the alleys of Mexico, you would never forgive me. I would not. Yeah. I would not. Same I would thing just with the chocolate cake. Yeah, I get that. Banana save your life. No, <laughs> it not did, that man. And then I got tested for COVID. I was positive, and that was my day. <laughs> <laughs> so our bonus episode, we're gonna do some fun questions, and Caddy and I are gonna answer them. They're book related questions, mm-hmm. and what we're gonna talk about first are two really. Really kick-ass books from this past year that we read. We had in-depth discussion on them. Caddy, you go first. Okay, so I it's safe to say if it's not number one, it's at least number two yeah. of our favorites list this year, I would say. And, it, and I wouldn't say it just because it's like the last book that we read is fresh in my memory. 
you know, that's not the issue because we went back and forth. Like we went back through the catalog and everything. My my pick is going to be Remarkably Bright Creatures. I thought that this book was phenomenal. You know, from beginning, middle, end, I loved the whole, I just love the premise about it. I love the the feelings, the feels it gave me, the beautiful ending, although it was sad, but yet I was still uplifted and it was it was remarkable, should I say. Remarkably Bright Creature starts off with a woman named Tova who has lost her, she lost her husband to cancer and she lost her son 30 years before Eric. He had disappeared. And she never in her heart believed that he, like she never believed that he committed suicide. She never believed that this was him, his doing. She always felt like there was something more to it. So Tova lives by herself, and she's in her 60s at this point. And she lives in like this kind of small coastal town. She works late night shifts at the, she's a janitor at an aquarium. She's such a, like a active older woman, you know, she's always cleaning. She's always doing something. Tova's been meeting, she met and talks with the octopus. The, Marcellus. The Marcellus, which Marcellus is my new favorite character, book character of all time. Marcellus is curmudgeonly. He's brilliant. He's uh, he's a find foodie. Out. He's a foodie, and he has a <laughs> really big soft spot for Tova. We learned that Marcellus has maybe a few months, maybe three to four months left in his lifespan, unfortunately. So he plans to spend the next three or four months of his life making Tova's life happy and getting her ultimately to her the answers to the questions that she has. That's pretty much the book. And there's a little, there's a lot more that I left out, guys. It's definitely a book. If you haven't read it or if you haven't listened to our episode, definitely read this book. It's great. I can't recommend it enough. I'm, it's wonderful. We loved it so much. Yeah. And not because we just read it. I promise it was just that damn good. Okay. So our second book that we decided to choose for two memorable books of the year is a book that we read earlier last year. Mm-hmm. It's called Together We'll Go by J. Michael Straczynski. Uh-huh. This book was so amazing. We loved it so much. We yeah. cried, definitely mm-hmm. cried. Even when we were recording and talking about it, we even cried. It was that mm-hmm. good. It was a lot mm-hmm. about friendship, about just about like inner strength. And it was a book that I learned what a Viking funeral was. I didn't really yeah. know what that meant. I had an idea. Um, yeah. But the way this book described it, the group of people that were involved in, in the book, mm-hmm. oh, it was just amazing. So the book is about this guy named Mark. And Mark is like a, he's like a failed writer. He falls into deep depression. He's trying to figure out like where... Where does my life go from here? So he attempted suicide, which didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he decided to buy like a school bus. He fixed it up. He hired this guy, this this driver. He's a veteran to Dylan. drive him. Dylan, oh, we love him. So what Mark did was he posted on Craigslist, like like puzzled wording kind of, but pretty much he's saying that he's going to drive across the country from Florida to San Francisco. And then on that bus, he's just going to go over the cliff. And he's like, join me when the sun's going down. It's beautiful. And let's kind of end our life together. And throughout the book, he picks up different people through different stops that he had planned out. And it's so clever the way this was written. And the cast of characters are quite amazing. And it's kind of cool because he has things like, oh, no, I saw this guy being ready to pick up or not picking him up. He didn't seem right or whatever. And throughout one of the requirements in order for you to be part of this 
was you have to journal story of why did you want to do this? Why did you decide like this is it for you? You can imagine the relationships are formed. But just even the action sequences in this book was so good. I think I like Together We'll Go more than Remarkably Bright Creatures, oh, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. It's, it's it's soldier all the way. Like there's no right. no hints or quotes about it. Yeah. No, for sure. Right. So then we're going to pick our own memorable book from this past year. What did you pick, Caddy? It's gonna surprise you a little bit, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's gonna surprise you. So my most memorable book this year is because I don't know, it's just it wasn't a book that I would have picked. It's not one of my personal picks. You know, when I first started reading it, I was like, all right, here, here's, here's, okay, here it is. But then reading it, and when we finally finished it, we talked about it, I realized just how good it was and how it was a love story, but a friendship love story. And it was in five years. What? Is yeah, that the book that you picked? That is yeah. a surprise. Yeah, yeah, you were surprised. I don't know. I just, I was thinking about this year and I thought about Together We Will Go. I thought about remarkably bright creatures and I was like what other book like really got to me and I was like it was in five years and because I don't normally pick those books I thought it was going to be one of those silly little rom-coms that we list that we see all the time but then Uh it truly had heart like the feeling that it did and the fact that those two friends loved each other so much and then how touched we were you know when there was a passing like I remember that book vividly in my head like I went it all came back to me and I was like that's the one that's, the one That's that I, why I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was about best friends and I like that. And if anyone guesses, I'm going to say the total opposite of what you say. Well, I don't know. I, I kind of went back and forth, actually. Uh-huh. I had several. Okay, so the book I picked is To Eat Their Own by Glenn Peacott which Mm -hmm. I said earlier, we're going to talk about him a little bit. He's really cool, but uh, he answers some questions for us. To either own why I chose it, because first, we've been reading a lot of heavier books, I felt like, with... Mm -hmm. Uh, with Unearth or Bravely Gorgeous, with oh, Bell Jar. I mean, I mean, we read some fun things too, like mm-hmm. Arsenic and Adobo was fun and light. Yeah, um, yeah. but me reading mm-hmm. To Eat Their Own, I felt like this is why I love horror books. This is mm-hmm. why I love these mysteries, these thrillers. This is why I fell in love with like Stephen King, Dean Koontz, even Christopher Pike when I was younger, and. I like the pacing of the book. I like the gory details. There's something about reading about like like survival, you know, mm-hmm. uh, instincts was yeah. really really fun for me. It's a it's a novella. It's a really short book, and we're actually gonna do some fun giveaways with his book, which we're gonna post on Instagram and things like that. But we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. My choice was to eat their own by Glenn Peacott. And let's move on to the next question. Okay. It's books that surprised me. A book that surprised us. Okay. A book that surprised us. Not necessarily last year. This is like get to know us, guys. Yeah, in general. So my pick is going to be a book from last year when we read Hidden Pictures by Jason Recolek. The reason that I picked it is because I'm still shook it about the ending. Because the whole time I was reading it, I'm like, I know it. I got this. I got right? this. I know how it ends. Not a doubt in my mind. And I was really arrogant about it in my head, of course. I didn't say it out loud. And then when I did get to it, I was like, oh, hell no. I <laughs> This is not what I, what? I was just so shook by this book because the ending just 
threw me for a loop and how it went down. I was like, oh my goodness, this is not what I expected. I thought it was going to be a nice clean ending, you know, that typical ending, but it, it really got me. And I was like, man, this is really good. Like I felt, I felt like slightly invigorated reading it. Cause I felt like, oh, and it's not my typical book. Cause I was a you pick, yeah. but I do have to say, you know, it wasn't a cult, <laughs> but it was good though. It was. Okay, so a book that surprised me, I'm going to go back to high school, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, I was one of those kids that couldn't really grasp Shakespeare. Like, I didn't get it. Oh, yeah, me either. You know what I mean? Like, I Mm -hmm. I was like, that's beautiful. But sure, but I don't understand one thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But okay. But then when we were going, I don't remember what grade, I don't remember when, but we were going to read Canterbury Tales and Beowulf. I hate British lit. (laughs) I avoided taking British Lit in college, mm-hmm. but anyways, that's a different story. But I remember thinking, oh, we're going to read Canterbury Tales. We're going to read Beowulf. Yes. And that was going to really scare me. And like, my grade's going to suck. I don't understand any of this. But mm-hmm. surprisingly, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved Canterbury Tales. I loved how witty it was, how funny it was. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Like, I was even like so excited that I was finally understanding something of that nature mm-hmm. you know and I was really into Beowulf I was really into like just getting to really appreciate the language actually really yeah. learning to love that stuff because I mean I, I was already like a big reader growing up anyway but nothing of that sort especially when I when I struggled with Shakespeare and stuff so those are, that's a book that really surprised me, Canterbury mm-hmm. Tales. I, I threw in Beowulf a little bit there. I remember reading them and I just, it's just not, it's like, like yourself. I just never wasn't that language. I just can't get down with it. But yeah. I don't know. It may change. Who knows? Okay. So the next book prompt, a book that we want everyone to read. I'll go first. Uh, there's a lot, actually. There's a lot <laughs> that I want everyone to read. It's so easy for me to say Harry Potter books, but yeah. I'm not going to pick that because that's almost a given for me. But I loved Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Of Mice and Men, there was something about that book that really, really resonated with me. I think part of it is because my mom loves, loves, loves Gary Sinise, who mm-hmm. played in the movie. And mm-hmm. I I read that book before the movie. So my mom and I, you know, we we didn't spend a lot of time together growing up because I grew up with my grandparents and of Mice and Men, surprisingly, it was one of the few movies we watched together. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever watched any movie together except Of Mice and Men and The Godfather, <laughs> so, which is her favorite movie. And I love John Malkovich in general, but Of Mice and Men was such a clever, clever, well-written book. And it's such a short book that you kind of like Flowers for Algernon. Like both of them are just so heartfelt for me. So, all right. What book that you want everyone to read? I want everybody out there, if you still have it or whatever, because I can't say enough of it, you need to. You at least need to read one Agatha Christie book. I figured you would say that. You know, I can't get off of it enough because I bought a couple the other day to add to my collection. Oh, cool. But yeah, you guys, her writing was just so ahead, like just the way, like the the pacing of it, the ideas that she came up with, the classic, everybody in a room, I'm going to tell you how it is. I mean, people today talk about Knives Out. The Glass Onion just came out. That's mm-hmm. That, that storyline, that setting is her. Like she was one of, the, that, one of the pioneers of that particular idea of strangers on an island. Here we go. This is how we're going to run with it. I can't, 
talk about how much I love her writing enough. I picked up a book. On the book itself, it says a couple of her favorite, her personal favorites. So I'm going to read off like the top three that are her personal favorites. The first one is The Murder of Roger Ackroyd. That's one of her personal favorites. I've read bits and pieces of it. I haven't finished it quite yet. But so far, it's like one of her best works. Like people talk about this particular one because the crime is so clever, cleverly done at that time. And she was a woman. It's just a whole, it's a big deal that why her writing is just phenomenal. Uh, number two was The Murder on the Orient Express. If you guys haven't read it yet or if you have watched the movie, you guys know how brilliant that story is. The last one is The Moving Finger. I'm not too familiar with that one, but now that I see it, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Like I said, if you haven't read any of her works, at least read one of her books. You may, it may not be your favorite, but at least read it. So you may have a whole new appreciation that it's not just like aristocratic uh, people killing each other off, or it's not just that clever detect, you know, it's, it's much more than that. Her writing in order to get to that level. Yeah. At least one of those. Nice. Okay. So our next book prompt, some notable books you've read growing up. Do you want to go first? Sure. So I have two collections actually that I loved growing up. Okay. Um, number one was when I was a little bit younger and I used to listen to these. It was Frog and Toad. I was going to say Frog and Toad. I love Frog and Toad. Caddy, I was going to say Frog and Toad. It's of course you list. were. I love Frog and Toad. We've never picked the I same thing until now. Until now, it's Frog and Toad. Yes, I love uh, Frog and Toad. I love them on their bike. Yes. <laughs> There's this one particular meme that goes out and it's like, Frog's like, I've eaten too much. I need to stop. As he eats like a biscuit or whatever it is. And I'm like, yes. It's just their classic, rela- like their relationship. They always look like they're side-eyeing each other. And I love it. It's just like, <laughs> I love Frog and Toad. I love I remember, Frog and Toad. I remember going to the library and they, like when you're learning, it's like you're learning how to read books. And I remember they had the little book and it came with like a little cassette tape that you could read along with it. So That's this was so like, cute. this is 90s Audible. I'm going to cross that out and say something else here. Whatever. I have another one. Um, My other collection that I read a lot was the American Girl collection. Each girl lived in a different period of of American history. And there was some books about her like existence. The very first girl was Felicity. She lived during the American Revolution. So there was another, I can't remember this girl because I only read like maybe one or two. She was like a Swedish immigrant. She was like the early 1800s, 1820s. And then they had Josefina. She was added on a little bit later on. And she was uh, a Mexican-American girl. She lived in like the late 1860s. And then they had Samantha. She lived in like the early 1900s, like the tales of her time, like what was going on when she grew up. Like every little girl was about, when I read these books, I was about these girls' ages. It just kind of tells you how they saw life in that period of time. Loved it. They even have the little dollies. I, never, I didn't get a doll, I don't think. Um, I might have. I, I truly don't remember now that I think about it. Okay. So my turn. Some notable books that I've read growing up. There's several, actually. But I, I love picture books, too. I mm-hmm. love Richard Scarry books. Like, his characters are brilliantly drawn. They're just cute and beautiful and I don't know. I loved it so much. And I love Shel Silverstein. His fun little poems are just, they're, they're, they're so cute and goofy. Yeah. But yet they're great. But they, they mean a lot, actually. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Is it, what is it, where the sidewalk ends? Where the sidewalk ends. A light or in the attic. The missing piece. Yeah. Light in the attic. Where the sidewalk ends is my next tattoo on my arm. So yeah. I've been trying to plan that out. I think it's really cool. But one book I want to kind of mention, which, in hindsight, I didn't really like it, but there was something about this book 
So I have a cousin named Heidi. Mm -hmm. And when I moved here, when I was little, um, I've never read like a full like novel, like English novel, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, nine or something so I set out to read Heidi but I I like powered through it and I I like felt proud that I read like a full-blown English novel you uh -huh. know like I said I don't think I liked it honestly <laughs> but I felt proud but you felt proud it's the pride yeah, of it every time you exactly. see like I read it Heidi <laughs> yeah I mean I don't know how I somehow like start shifting toward more of the like the crime the horror Mm -hmm. you know mystery thrillers I don't know how I got exposed to Stephen King really maybe because of a movie of some sort yeah. but my mom's always been like a true crime yes mystery thriller person so that might be an influence too who knows I like cozy mysteries because I grew up watching like murder I grew up watching murder she wrote and like the golden girls so I just love old ladies that like are sassy and soft crime so over the course of your life in a book that you really loved like what setting did you want to go back to because I have my question. Like, what book did you read uh, in what particular setting, like, really drew you in? Go back to? Like, or that you could, can that, it be, like, imaginary? Yeah, like, any setting. <laughs> so what I picked, one setting that particular stood out to me, like, growing up and reading, was when I read The Great Gatsby. I freaking knew I you were going to say that. New York. I don't know, just, like, the glitz, the glamour, that brooding Man, I knew feminism. It. I love every bit of it. And then I was, like, I read this when I was, like, 14. 15 and just that thought of it that life really like spoke to me I was woke at like 14 because <laughs> everything I read up until then had been pretty much like school stuff you know but I just remember that particular book really right. got to me and oh and there was a murder <laughs> oh and there was a murder so there you go <laughs> this is tough I don't know. I, I was I wondering what, what you're gonna, I figured two things that I figured you would get all right yeah two yeah things. there was two things one of them's gonna be really obvious the other one maybe I figured my obvious one would be mm -hmm. Harry Potter. I work at the uh -huh. Ministry of Magic, but not like the uh, corrupt one. <laughs> the, the one through, uh, was it the one through four? I have to say oh, Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, that world. There's something about when you read mm -hmm. a book like that, that like, like a fantasy, and then you see it in on screen, and it's just, you get mm -hmm. so excited and yeah. it's so amazing. It's funny you say this question because I remember thinking watching The Shining. Uh -huh. And I was like, I want to be at the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I would love to be the one that watches Honestly, this hotel. Honestly, I thought I it was either going to be, was. you wanted to be at Hogwarts or you wanted to be at Nar in Narnia. I figured it was one of the two. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say Narnia next. I was going to say, I want to mm -hmm. be in Narnia, but then I would have to really mm -hmm. fight. You know, which I'll be yeah. like, all right, it's cool. <laughs> it's like my own version yeah. of The Purge. <laughs> For me, it's uh, 1920s New York or like 1880s. Like, I want to live, I want to see, like, the Gilded Age you, you at, like, right. at that time. I figured yeah, you would Yeah, the Gilded Age or Roaring Twenties for me, <laughs> if I could go back, literary speaking-wise. I don't know. It's just freaking Gilded <laughs> Age got me, man. I can't wait for season two. I'm, like, on my heels waiting for it. Uh, it's weird also because I kept thinking, like, minority report type thing. Mm -hmm. Not not in that sense of all those pre-crime and all that stuff. I think just in the Philip K. Dick's world of all this technology and how it can turn on us. Not that I want to like mm -hmm. be in that, but I'm so like interested in that time frame mm -hmm. on that world. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. pretty interesting too, but yeah, I would say yeah. Hogwarts, mm -hmm. Narnia, and then minority report. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also like, I love the never ending story, yeah. like big time. 
So not not part of the nothingness or you know like once once everything's pretty <laughs> then I'll I'll go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. The next prompt question: A book to a movie that you loved or didn't like. You go first. My first one. I read The Secret Life of Bees when I was a teenager. I was like okay. 16, 17, and I loved it. I read it in a day. Like I was so engrossed with this book, like this whole concept of it. I loved it. And so seeing it on screen, like seeing the beat, like the farm and seeing the sisters like coming to life, it was great. You know, seeing Queen Latifah be all motherly and, you know, Alicia Keys. And it was, it was, and seeing like the fear in Dakota Fanning when she, I'm not going to tell you the, the whole concept of the book, but when it came to the movie, I, I loved it. I would have liked that they didn't do like some of the parts were exaggerated. And I was like, oh, I don't really like this. But overall, I, I thought it was really well. I thought it was well done. I liked it because I read the book and I you know, saw the movie, I think, like 10 years later. Like I was at home, like watching TV one day. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't seen this yet. And I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I have to say my second one was that I was slightly disappointed was where the crowd dancing. Oh, really? I was slightly disappointed, yes. And I was disappointed because I felt like I would have liked more. I I felt like her relationship with Paul wasn't, if they elongated that a little bit more. Like, I wanted to feel that, like, she started to feel that relationship with with Paul a lot more. And I would have liked that more in the movie. I felt like they put a little bit too much emphasis on the other parts and not enough on those core parts. Like, that really that really shows like her true character of like loneliness and like insecurity and just like shelter. If they would have showed a little bit more of that we would have understood that character so much a little bit better, I thought. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. I get I can see why you say that. Yeah. So my two books, <laughs> two movies that I loved or didn't like, I'm not gonna do Harry Potter because that's a given again. <laughs> so the first book I would say is the Lovely Bones by Alice Siebel. Oh, yes. I read that book and I was kind of okay with it. Spoiler alert a little bit. You don't get a conclusion. In hindsight, like later on, I realized a lot of crimes go unsolved. And that's how she left the book. It was unsolved. We all know as readers, as people that watch the movie, know who did it. But as far as in that world, they don't know who did it. And I remember at the end of the book, I was like, no, I need that closure. You know, later on, I realized I'm glad she did it the way she yeah. did. But then, Realistically. right. But then moved toward the the movie, which I thought was so brilliant. I thought mm-hmm. the movie was so good. The visual effects uh, and that, that alone was just, I don't know. It really grabbed me. It was so good. Just everything about it, that movie I could watch over and over again. So, and the music in that movie was really good too. So that was my first choice is Lovely Bones by Alice Siebold. So the second one is The Shining by Stephen King. Amazing, amazing book. That book is so good. It catapults me into really wanting to read a lot more of his stuff. The first read of his for me is Pet Cemetery, And that, that made me wanted to read so many other things by him. You know, I did not like the movie itself. You know, yeah. the mo- the movie itself, if it's just what it is, I thought it was great. You could really feel the isolation. You can really feel like the despair, everything. I love the maze. I love the idea of the whole maze thing. But it didn't stick to the book at all. Well, okay, I wouldn't say 100%. But what I really enjoyed the book is that like, like when you go up to the hotel, like the entry to the hotel, they have these... In the book, they have these topiaries, like, that are cut out like animals. Mm-hmm. And in the book, when you're reading it, you actually feel scared because 
they feel like Jack and his family, they feel that these were coming alive. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like following him. And in very order, menacing. Yeah. And you can actually feel that, that paranoia reading it. And mm-hmm. I love that. That's the whole reason of why I like books like this. So when I saw the movie, I was like, but where is it? Because that, that's the one thing that I was surprised at in the book that I was physically scared when I read mm-hmm. it. There was a, a made-for-TV movie that was made. I don't remember when, but you, I think you can get it on YouTube or something. In that made-for-TV movie, they made those topiaries. They made those animal-like sculpture things. And and they they filmed it in a way that you feel that that paranoia so I thought that one was definitely more in tune with the book itself. And I, I get why people love The Shining by Stanley Kubrick, because I think it was done. It was done OK. It was done well, too, especially with the lady in the bathtub and everything like that. Just the enormity of the hotel. Uh, the Overlook Hotel is just amazing to me. That That was my two book to movie adaptations and my my thoughts on them (laughs) (laughs) all right last prompt all right last prompt and this question is purely meant i don't mean this in malice i don't mean it like degrading anyone's work that's not my intention it's just me and oki have such different tastes in books that sometimes when when i bring up a a book or she brings up a book we're both like oh of course she's gonna make (laughs) me read this and it's not that the book is terrible. It's just not my cup of tea. Okay. Should I say it? It's just not my, that's not a book I would pick. So my question is, in t- last year, what book were you least anticipating on reading? Huh. Yeah. That we read? Yeah, that we read. It was On Earth for Briefly Gorgeous. I was really not wanting to read that book. And reason is because of the synopsis of it and the abuse that little dog suffers and the fact that his name was little dog it's a heavy book yeah it's yeah and i thought it was going to be very much like that's what was going to center in this book is this abuse and it was going to be pretty intense and i was like uh i'm not looking forward to that at all but reading it and how beautifully written it was i'm like i'm glad i read this book like i'm really truly glad i read it because even though there were violent uh, there was you know violent abuse in the book the way he wrote it didn't not take the feeling or like merit away from what it was but did it in a way where it wasn't it wasn't as like in your throat it was more like versus when you get punched versus a slap you know like like in my head you know like the sting he took the sting out of it a little bit for me just because of the poetic way that he writes you know I still felt the fear the anxiety everything that went in that, it just wasn't as brutal as it take by take would be. Although I was least anticipating to read it, I'm glad I did because it was a really good book. Okay, let's say a book that you had picked that I was kind of iffy about. I will say Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reid. I think part of it is I like to read certain types of books where we all have genres that we truly enjoy so many people say if you don't like it why keep reading or if it's not your cup of tea why even try but I also like the fact how we do this so it opens my my eyes to books I wouldn't normally pick up I don't think I'll ever pick up together we'll go in general not because the synopsis i think it's not in the category that i usually gravitate to but for such a fun age to me even though it's about 
like human connections, our habits, our general ideals. Yeah, general ideals. It's also very political in Mm -hmm. that way. So it became something that I was like, do I want to really read something like this? Because reading is an escape for me. Mm-hmm. And I know it seems absurd to read about ghosts and cannibalism as an escape, but there's a detachment there, but it's entertainment mm-hmm. to me, right? So when you're like, let's let's read such a fun age, I was kind of like, uh, because I also thought we're going to discuss this book. There are some really controversial topics and we're trying mm-hmm. to do a show where we're just kind of goof off, talk about things that we love, like the books and things like that. I don't mm-hmm. want us to shift even for one episode towards something controversial. But like you said, with the book I picked, I'm glad I picked it up. I did yeah, yeah. have entertainment. Mm-hmm. It was interesting and fun, but it was also mm-hmm. like, like, I'm glad I read it and I'm going to move on. So there you, yeah. Go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, the book was really good. And, I, and I, when I first picked it up, I was like, I don't know which way it's going to go with this one. Like, yeah. I don't know if they're going to go, if it's just going to be really cutesy rom-com or is it going to be kind of like a little bit darker, a little bit more in the creases of it. But it was damn good. though. So the other highlight that we want to do, his name is Glenn Peacott. He's a writer from California and he has written a novella called To Eat Their Own, which if you guys have been listening to us, we've talked about it a few times now. And I also talked about it earlier in the episode that it was one of my memorable books so the book itself, it's 78 pages. It was published this past year, October 1st, 2022. So the book is about this guy named Kenny, and he's kind of hitchhiking. We don't really know where he's coming from or where he's really, truly going. And he comes upon a town called Charleston. And so I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a synopsis because we're going to focus more on him. Uh, as an author but if you want more details on the book we have that a few episodes back on our midway check-in so you guys can certainly check that out just imagine it's kind of airy it's dark it's kind of middle of the night kind of he comes upon this pizzeria in charleston and this guy pretty much kind of offers him some food offers him a place to stay as long as you kind of close up shop for me and then you'll be fine and kenny just kind of like all right that's cool this book kind of builds the suspense already from the beginning, from the get-go, because you know that it's going to be kind of a crazy, horror, cannibalistic, intense book. And you get that throughout the rest of the book. You really do. You get this adrenaline rush. So Kenny's pretty much closing up shop, and he's about to go pretty much next door to Mrs. Valentine to to kind of rest for the day. But the guy that offered him the pizza and Mrs. Valentine shows up and knocks him out. He wakes up in Mrs. Valentine's house. He's tied up in a chair. They actually cut off his fingers. They start eating his fingers. And this author does such an amazing job telling us how Kenny feels like physically and mentally. And it's great. He kind of somehow like escapes from the house. And the whole entire time, I'm just kind of like, I don't know what I would do. If that were me, I would be dead. I would be dead by this point. So he's just kind of trying to escape, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And this is a part that I really love, the fact that he comes upon the sign Charleston, but then he comes upon it again. Like, it's some sort of a loop at this point. You're just kind of like, what is happening? 
so then Kenny gets picked up by the sheriff, this guy, this cop, and he's just like, help me, take me, you know. Those people are crazy. The people in the house are crazy. And the cop's like, well, let me take you to the station to see what's going on. And then when he gets to the station, there's already a guy in their little mini jail cell. And so this guy and Kenny kind of like band it together to like, hey, let's get the fuck out of here. But the guy's like, we need to go back to kill that family. And I'm I'm just kind of like in the back of my head. I was like, why don't y'all just leave? Somebody take the car and get the fuck out. But the whole It'd entire be too time, easy. <laughs> but the whole entire time it's it's so much fun to read like it's there's a lot of like anxiety built up too and it's truly like survival truly gory and it's somehow like i mean there's spoiler alerts i'm definitely not gonna say a spoiler at the very end but you read about cannibalism in this book you read about really violent things that i couldn't get enough of. <laughs> patty's shaking her head y'all but anyway <laughs> to pass out over here i'm like oh I don't know how he does it. I'm like, keep he's still my gentle sane. heart. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, like you said, it's somebody's escape. You know what I mean? Like this is his, you know, right. you'd really pull yourself out of whatever you're going through when you read these types of books to me, you know, mm-hmm. and it does give you that adrenaline rush. So I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. So we sent him some questions to answer because we're so curious about him. And I'm going to say the questions and you say the answer, Caddy. Marvelous Glenn. We decide to ask him. I don't know. He's a horror author. I don't know if he wants to be called Marvelous Glenn. That's the whole niche of it. Because he's a horror author, his name is Marvelous Glenn. It like lures you into a false sense of security for each your fingers. You know, we want him to subscribe to us, though. <laughs> okay. Menacing Glenn. <laughs> okay. So we asked him, what is it about the horror genre that you gravitate to in your writing? Answer. I have always loved the sitting on the edge of your seat moment when watching or reading something. Those moments are when you can fully zone out in everything around you. Through my experience, I have found horror to be the genre where those moments occur the most. I strive to take people to those moments to help them escape their world while also being entertained. Question. What are some of your influences in your writing? Okay. Answer. My influences in my writing are H.P. Lovecraft, Stephen King, creepy pastas, and a wide variety of horror movies I've watched growing up. What's creepy pasta? Do you know? know? No. I have no idea. I don't know what creepy pasta is. It sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, it's it sounds like you're kind of food. Like it's creepy pasta. You're like, I'm scared, but I'm hungry. But I'm gonna eat it. I'm gonna eat. Okay. How did To Eat Their Own come about? I've always loved these small town slash cannibal stories and movies. So when I decided to write my first book, I knew I had to do my own twist on that. I also wrote it at the time of my life when I felt I was running from all of my problems. So I knew I wanted to use that concept of running from everything as Kenny's flaws. Essentially, that mixed with the love for Lovecraftian stories is how I brewed To Eat Their Own. I've never heard anyone say Lovecraftian Stories I'm gonna mention before. that tonight and see what someone says. Okay. You know, I'm pretty sure I've told you guys Chris is a huge love like that's his favorite. Okay, next question. Okay. Since the publication of your novella, how has it been for you? I love this. It has been really mind blowing. I've had more opportunities to meet so many great authors and horror fans, and I'm really happy to see people who are entertained when they read my book. 
That's so cool. Yeah, I know. I love when authors like, yay. Yeah, like, you know, they're they're people too. You know what I mean? Like they have their own insecurities and things. And yeah. Okay. Tell us about you as an author. I am a young horror author born and raised in Stockton, California. I aspire to terrify and entertain with my writing for years to come. That's cool. Yeah. What other projects are you working on? Anything you can tell us? Um, I'm currently working on a short story collection called Thicker Than Water. It will consist of 10 stories each with the recurring theme of the family. One of the stories will be about Kenny Marsh before he arrived in Charleston. Oh, I Yay! love that. I, I love an anthology. Yes. Okay. I love that. I know. Okay. Yeah. All I right. want to know more about Kenny and there it I is. I know. And how it, yeah, I like that. And I love, it's like American Horror Story. Like it just keeps building. Right. I like that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last question. Tell us about a book that you love. A book I love is Dracula by Bram Stoker. I really want to publish my own epistolary novel in the future. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. I thought I I was like, he's giving me all these words. I'm going to choke on him. (laughs) But I love Dracula. That was was a good book. That's a short book too, I think. Mm -hmm. I don't remember it too much. but Oh, it's epistolary. It's the relating to the writing of letters. Oh, so a series of like, okay, very Beethoven. Cool. Yes, you know, <laughs> like the dog. No, <laughs> seriously, Cade. Seriously, it's very canine. Um, <laughs> so Glenn Peacock, he has a newsletter that you can subscribe to, and you can read his short stories there. And he does like movie reviews. His world is pretty interesting, and the book itself, to eat their own, has been really, really awesome. Um, he had a short story that we mentioned before called Santa's Gift that came out around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And that was really gruesome. Also, <laughs> that was kind of a scary, gruesome. But it's such a short story. I don't want to go into it because I don't want to give it away. But it's worth checking out, you guys. That Santa reminded me of, uh, I don't know, I- I've seen it because Chris made me watch it. On Futurama, there's the Santa on there. But the Santa is like a murderous Santa. He like, instead of like, the people that are on the naughty list, he kills them. So he's like a, like an evil robot that like shoots people dead. That's what I thought of. <laughs> um, you might be around along that line. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he reminds me of Santa from Futurama. I'm pretty sure Glenn has seen that. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Well, I, I hope he I tells mean, if us. He's, he seems like a lot like Chris. So I would imagine he's most likely seen Futurama <laughs> and knows that I'm referencing that Santa. Yeah. <laughs> But in Santa's gift, it's about this kid named Timmy who's like excited to see Santa. Timmy. And then let's just say Santa shows up and it's not what you think. Oh, of course <laughs> but not. It's, it never it's is. written pretty well for being a short story. So mm-hmm. so that was our highlight on Glenn Peacott. We are going to be giving out his books as a prize, actually. Woo-hoo! Just kind of stay away. tuned on like our Instagram to see how you guys can win a copy of one of his books a signed copy of that so I think it'll be really cool we'll definitely post all about it all right we just want to say thank you guys again for coming and you know coming out and listening to us and taking time out of your day to give us delusions of grandeur of our celebrity (laughs) (laughs) no but it's a lot of fun thanks to Glenn for you know finally answering Oki's stalking um, emails (laughs) <laughs> talk to us we appreciate it whether you're marvelous or menacing whichever one you prefer glenn just let us know um and we'll see you guys next time we're currently reading the picture of dorian gray by oscar wilde you know it started out kind of intimidating for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but once i got the gist 
you know, like yeah. two, three pages in, I was like, okay, this is it just reminds gossiping. me of Dracula. Yeah, a it's a lot bit. of gossip right now. That's what I've been reading. They're so. very catty. Yeah, and these are grown yeah. men. This is our bonus episode. Next week is our midway check-in because we are not reading as fast as other people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I mean, am, am I am, in high? Oh, he's sick, so give her a break. She needs like a week. I to... hate you, COVID. It's <laughs> I horrible. Know. I know. <laughs> okay, bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>